This is Still Rowing, a podcast where members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints share their authentic stories of struggle and triumph on their journey of discipleship, and just why they are choosing faith in the restored Church of Jesus Christ. We are starting a new series within this podcast called Anchors of Faith, where in addition to my guests sharing stories of struggle and faith, we will focus on one principle that will help each of us better anchor our faith in Christ and his church. So today we will be discussing scripture study with a great gal named Callie Black. Callie is a scripture study enthusiast who runs the Instagram account at comefollowmestudy and comefollowmestudy.com. She earned her degree in elementary education from BYU and has taught middle school English. She loves all things music, reading good books, and searching for the best chips and salsa. She's a woman after my own heart. (laughs) She lives with her amazing husband and two cute kids in San Tan Valley. Well, welcome, Callie. Thanks for being on the podcast with me tonight. Thank you for having me. Per usual, we're going to start with a question that I always ask. Would you share a defining spiritual memory that has helped buoy you up over the years? Absolutely. Uh, Immediately, I think of the time when I was 14 years old and I was sitting on my bed. I can still picture it. And I was actually doing my personal progress assignment. And... um, I had been reading through the assigned scriptures, just kind of crossing things off. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday. I was just trying to, you know, keep the Sabbath day holy. And so I started reading the scripture and it was as if this wave of emotion just swept over me. And as I'm reading these words, you know, it says, believe in God, believe that he is and that he created all things, both in heaven and earth, believe he has all wisdom. I'm reading these words and I felt this tangible presence and it was just me staring into the scriptures, you know, in my little bedroom and thinking, this is real. Oh my goodness, this gospel is real and heavenly father is real. And these scriptures are telling me to believe in God. And that was the first time that I felt like I I heard God through the scriptures. And it became this anchor moment for me. Like I, ever since that moment when I was 14, I've been able to look back and think, well, I know God exists because of that time. And I know that I learned about him through reading the scriptures. And, and I can always bring back that memory. So even though it was, you know, quite a few years ago, that will always stand out to me as the time. I, I just can't deny that it happened. I, and I can't deny that it was real. And um, there's something powerful in that, I think, that, that tangible spiritual presence uh, that we get from time to time that you know it's true and, and you can go back to it when times get rough later on. Great starting point because we are here talking about how key scripture study will be for each of us, anchoring us to Christ and his church. As I already mentioned, uh, Callie, you started a blog. Can you tell me a little bit about what prompted you to start Come Follow Me Study? Funny enough, it started really organically. Um, I was serving in Young Women's at the time. So this was literally the first Sunday of Come Follow Me. I don't know if you remember, you know, that first (laughs) Sunday in January of 2019. And I thought, you know what, 
my young women need a come follow me account to follow. And so I actually searched on Instagram because I was sure that someone else had already thought of like doing a scripture account with like different spiritual thoughts every day for come follow me. And so I searched and the only stuff that was out there were like products or lesson helps or like how to teach it to your kids. Nothing that really rang true for my young women and especially not for me. And immediately I had this thought cross my mind. What if you, what if you start it? And it was such a scary thought because I knew, I knew that I could do it. I think that's why it was so scary was I already had the vision of this account I was looking for, this imaginary account. And when it didn't exist, I knew that I love teaching about the gospel. I love writing. I love sharing my testimony. I feel so passionate about the scriptures. I already felt this like draw to the Come Follow Me program that I knew I could. And all of a sudden I thought, wait, should I though? Should I really start an Instagram account with spiritual thoughts that seems so like out of my wheelhouse. So I said a quick little prayer and immediately, once again, I promise I'm not trying to be so on the nose with our topic of scripture study this week, but immediately the scripture that we had studied that first week, because the first week actually was not New Testament scriptures. It was a bunch of random scriptures about how to be self-sufficient in, in our scripture study. And so Doctrine of Covenants 58, 26 through 28 popped into my head that I had just studied, I think either that morning or the day before, where God is saying, behold, it is not meat that I should command in all things. And later he says, um, men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause and they're agents unto themselves and, and men can do good. And I thought, I can just start this account and do whatever I want. And so I made it and I sent the invitations out to a few people that I knew and my young women and the people I worked with and family members and people started following. And I just, I had to make sure I was measuring my success appropriately. And for me, that was just putting out quality content that I felt proud about. And really, I had this, this mindset of, if we're doing this Come Follow Me program, that's so awesome that people want to help you teach your kids about the scriptures. And that's so awesome that people want to give you lesson helps for how to teach, you know, your Sunday school class about Come Follow Me. But really, at the end of the day, are you studying it personally? And is it changing you? And I felt, especially as a young mom, that really resonated with me. Like, we just kind of start grabbing for these other things that are going to make it seem like like oh we're, I want to be successful and so I want to grab this and and share it with my family but at the end of the day it's just you staring at scriptures and what's that relationship like you know growing with the scriptures and to God and so that's been my purpose and organically it, it grew into a blog because the people on Instagram wanted my posts uh, in a more permanent place to share and it's even grown into an email list where I send out my posts daily for people that would rather have it via email. So it's just kind of grown as, as people have requested and needed different things. And now literally every day I get to share my testimony of what I'm learning in the scriptures. And it's always a personal application because I think that's so important that that's really the focus of our scriptures is how is it changing us really. Going back to the start of what prompted all of this, 
you recognize that we don't need to be commanded in all things. And I think oftentimes as members of the church, we think, well, you know, is this, is this right? Should I move forward with this thing? And if it's a good thing, I say, go for it. So I love that enthusiasm that you showed and the confidence in yourself and in what you had to give as a disciple of Jesus Christ, because that is what the Lord expects us to do, that we we have a part to play in the gathering of Israel, and you are doing it through Come Follow Me Study. So I love that, number one. Um, and number two, you said something that I think is really profound, which is at the end of the day, it's just you and your scriptures and what is your relationship with the scriptures. We get a lot of this side uh, content, uh, lesson helps and study helps and resources. And those are all good things. But I think you're so right that we need to evaluate what our relationship is with just the scriptures and what's your, what is your feeling about that. So we'll talk more about that as we go. Some people might be, you know, cringing if they only had the scriptures <laughs> because they rely so much on other resources. So that's something that I think we ought to address. But um, thank you, Kelly, for for taking initiative and doing what you're doing. I'm sure you're, you're blessing so many, so many lives. So moving on, we sing a popular hymn in church called the Iron Rod. And this is, of course, taken from Lehi's vision of the tree of life, where he speaks of an iron rod that led to the tree of life. So perhaps you could share a few insights regarding that vision and how it relates to anchoring our faith. What a good scripture story. I love the tree of life. So the first thing that jumps out to me is in chapter 11, we, we see that the iron rod is leading to the fountain of living waters and the tree of life. I think it's interesting because when we look at the symbolism, we know that the iron rod is the word of God and the word of God is basically the scriptures, the scriptures and the the words of our living prophets. And it's leading us to the tree of life and the tree of life is the love of God. And so for me, I mean, I've seen this time and time again in my life is that the word of God leads us to the love of God when I'm reading the scriptures, I feel that love. That's my connection. And it's so powerful and so meaningful. Something else, though, that I find really interesting in this vision is that one of the main parts is these mists of darkness, right? So we have these mists of darkness that come and they get people to let go of the iron rod and they start to wander. And as they start to wonder, things get a little more vague and then a little more vague. And pretty soon they're totally off the path. And it says they're wandering in all sorts of random directions. And I think, oh, man, isn't that just spot on? Like Satan wants to get us away from the scriptures because he knows that when we step away from the scriptures, we're not going to have that love of God in our life as much. And so we might start making different decisions or we might start getting immersed in different things that take away our time. And slowly, by degrees, we are led away from the love of God because we've let go of the scriptures. So to me, this is just such a powerful lesson about the importance of holding on to the word of God, which is really and truly mostly the scriptures. And when we anchor ourselves to that, that's that's what leaves us 
leads us to is love. That's what leads us to partaking of that delicious fruit. And that's really our goal. That's one of my favorite scripture studies because it's this very dramatic example of why we need the scriptures every single day and why we need to cling to them and not be led away by those mists of darkness. Interestingly, and you know, I think we forget, that's why we always have to be reminded every general conference of the same stuff, right? But um, for some reason, I've never really put those two things together. Obviously, the iron rod, which is the word of God, was, was leading to the tree, but I have never kind of put an equal sign between those two things, that the word of God, when we're in them, equals experiencing the love of God. And I don't know that I can say any more than what you what you already said, but I think that that's so key for us, because if there's anything that we all want, it is to feel loved, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term God hunger, but I think we all have this God hunger that we we want to feel love from our Father, from our heavenly yeah. parents, um, but we we try and fill it with other side things. Whether I mean they could be good things um, or not so good things, but really what we are all truly hungering after is God and His love. And so I think that is so cool that you you make that connection. And I hope that as our listeners are considering that, if you feel a lack of love in your life, but particularly feeling a lack of connection with God, take that seriously and see if you, as you dive into the scriptures, if you feel more of that love, because I agree, Kelly. I believe that in the scriptures, we will, we will hear God's voice and we can feel his love. One additional cool scripture that I was thinking of in connection to this was in 1 Nephi 15, 24. And this is Nephi speaking here. You know, he's had this glorious vision opened up to him. Uh, He asked for it, of course. And he had explained to him what the meaning of the iron rod was in verse 24. And it says that it was the word of God and whoso would hearken unto the word of God and would hold fast unto it they would never perish. Neither could the temptations and the fiery darts of the adversary overpower them unto blindness to lead them away to destruction. So good. That promise that they would never perish is so awesome. Like, isn't that every (laughs) every parent's hope for their children and for ourselves that, that we won't be led astray, but that we won't spiritually die. So anyway, I wanted to throw that in there because so many cool promises, whether it be feeling God's love or that we will never perish if we can hold on to that iron rod. And I, th- I think it's interesting, especially right now with a lot of people not going back to church, at least we haven't here, is that the scriptures have always been there. They're always that lifeline. So even when we don't have church for months on end or who knows what will happen in the future if we're going to have to come home from church again, we still have full access to the full doctrine from the scriptures. That's what I think is so cool is like we don't have to limit ourselves to just Sundays or church or Relief Society or whatever it is because we still have the scriptures and that can't be taken from us. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes 
uh, from Elder Scott states that if you want to talk to God, pray. If you want him to talk to you, read your scriptures. Can you qualify that statement for me, Kelly? Okay, this is literally like my favorite <laughs> quote from Elder <laughs> Scott. So I'm so glad you brought this up because I, I just used it uh, last week, actually, in something. I think this is so true. First of all, God will get his message to us any way that he really needs to. It's not that um, he can only speak to us through the scriptures. So I fully believe God will speak to us. If he has something we really need to know, he will make, you know, heaven and earth move in order to deliver that to us. But I think it comes back to faith, right? If every time you prayed and you needed an answer, and so you say a prayer, and then God just like spoke to you in your mind, man, life would be really easy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we wouldn't need, we wouldn't need faith because we would just know, we would hear this voice in our head that's saying, you should go to this school. And we'd say, sweet. But that takes away this wrestling, this struggle that we have to engage in with our heavenly father. And so I think when we read the scriptures, we're giving God words to work with. So we're giving him the vocabulary and the phrases that he can then naturally use his spirit to bring to our mind in order to answer our questions. So when I pray for what school should I go to, instead of just telling me in a random voice in my head, hey, go to this school, I'm going to be reading my scriptures and studying my scriptures, and he's going to make those phrases pop out of the words on the page that will just seem like it's pointing me towards an answer or he'll bring something to my mind that I've studied recently. And so in my, in my view, we're giving God like this ammunition, right? Like we're giving him this dictionary full of words and phrases that he can then pull from and bring them to our remembrance so that we can get the answers to the questions that we have. So I think it's just this kind of beautiful cycle of we pray and then he's going to speak to us in the way that seems natural and not intrusive to our agency or our faith. Yeah, that's so true. I've never really thought about it in that way because obviously we want answers, but if, as you said, if it all just came easily, there wouldn't be any effort and there's no growth without effort. And that's the whole reason why we're here is to grow. Um, so we do have to engage in the wrestle. So I, I love that idea of with the scriptures, it gives God a tool that he can speak to us if we're willing to put forth the effort. But right. it, it's not taking away our agency. If we did pray and every time there was just an answer, that would be completely uh, in the face of agency. Because suddenly <laughs> right. we would know straight up, oh, yeah that's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't feel like doing it. So I'm going to do whatever I want. But yeah, I think the scriptures make things more open to our personal interpretation. And if we are working on being in tune with the spirit, then, then we will receive and see what we need. So that's a really cool thought. One thought that I had had, and this is, this has been my experience. You know, we read in scripture that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As you're in the scriptures, you begin to see patterns. You see how the Lord has moved in the lives of his children and, and your trust in his power and his plan increases 
because you see those patterns. We know that history repeats itself. So we can trust that God, as he did in days of old, will bless us and intervene in our lives if we just continue to move forward with faith, because that's what he's always done. But another thought that had come to me was that I think literally we do hear the voice of the Lord in the scriptures and the Doctrine and Covenants that says, this is a Doctrine and Covenants 18, 33, for it is my voice which speaketh them unto you, for they are given by my spirit unto you, and by my power you can read them one to another. And save it were by my power, you could not have them or have the scriptures. Wherefore, you can testify that you have heard my voice and know my words. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Kelly, but I know that there have been times when I have been praying and a, an answer will come, but in a very scriptural, yeah. very scriptural phrasing. Like that wasn't my voice. I don't talk in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think that there's really something to be said for when, when we really are in the scriptures that we can know, we can distinguish between our voice and God's voice because his voice is in the scriptures. Does that make sense? I love that. It's like we're getting more familiar with it so that when we hear it, we we recognize the types of things he would say, the way he would say it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So maybe moving on from that, um, when is a time that you felt your knowledge and testimony of the scriptures carried you through something very difficult? Well, I can think of something recently. I just had a little baby boy about six months ago. And, um, you know, I think as, as a young mom, you have, you hold your little baby boy in your arms and you just picture everything that they're going to do as they grow up and, and the future you imagine. And, um, with my boy, I would just stare into his eyes. And I, I remember making this comment to multiple people of, oh man, isn't it so cute? His eyes just move all over the place. He's looking everywhere. And people would say that too, you know, as they held him as a just newborn infant, oh, his eyes are looking all over. And uh, when he was two months old, it it just hit me. Uh, I don't even remember what triggered it, but all of a sudden I realized his eyes never stop moving. And it was in that moment that I, I knew, I knew there was something. Um, so we, you know, talked to doctors, we had a few different appointments with people and specialists, and he was diagnosed with what, what the doctor said was congenital nystagmus, which just means, you know, congenital, it just came randomly from birth and nystagmus. Um, it's just shaky eyes, eyes that never stop moving. And, we don't know what his vision is like. Um, we won't know that until he's older and he's able to, you know, kind of communicate that more. But for now, we kind of have some guesses of when he, you know, reacts to things in his field of vision. Um, it's it's definitely, definitely pretty seriously impaired, but we'll see how much it is. But anyways, the doctor wanted us to do an MRI of his brain, though, because he said it might actually be the symptom of something much worse. It might have, you know, neurological problems associated with it or... Um, really bad things going on in his brain. So they scheduled an MRI for us. And here's here's where the tough part was for me is as we're leading up to this MRI, everyone in my family knew, a lot of my friends knew, and a lot of people would say to me, oh, Callie, we're praying for Bear to have a clear scan. We're praying for his scan to come back clear. And my gut reaction to everyone saying this was, well, 
what if it's not clear? We shouldn't be praying for that. We should just be praying to like have God's will be done. And that was my gut reaction to everything. And I started kind of getting annoyed that that was my gut reaction. I was like, why am I frustrated with all of these people who are telling me that they're praying for a clear scan? I felt almost this like guilt that I shouldn't be praying for a clear scan. I should just be praying to accept the will of God, whatever it is. And um, it honestly wasn't until the day before his scan when the words of our savior popped into my mind, because in my, in my mind, I'm thinking, um, not as I will, but as thou wilt. I, I kept thinking like, we need to be praying for God's will to be, to be with our little boy. And then I realized, wait, Christ says something more before he says that. So in Matthew 26, 39, he says, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And it just hit me like even our savior asked for his desire, asked for the desire of his heart, said, please, please let this cup pass from before me. And then he added, but thy will be done, you know, not, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And I realized it's not a sin to want to pray for a good outcome. As long as, of course, I'm happy and I understand that God's will is going to be done, no matter what this, the scan showed. Um, I really had carried around this guilt that I, I shouldn't be wanting a clear scan. And when I realized, oh, the scriptures show me that my Savior did the same exact thing and he asked for what he wanted first, I realized that I could do the same thing. And so I, I finally allowed myself to do that. Um, luckily his scan did come back normal. So that was great. We don't have, you know, neurological issues to work on. We'll just deal with the, the vision related issues. But I think just once again, that was a powerful real life high stakes moment emotionally for me where it was the word of God popping into my head that I had read and studied um, it was actually triggered from me studying Alma chapter 29, where Alma is saying, oh, that I were an angel. Oh, no, that's a sin for me to want. I should be content with the things that that God has given me. And all of a sudden I thought, wait, I'm feeling the exact same way as Alma. And then drawing that connection to my savior. And it just, I don't know. Once again, it's the, it's the scriptures that that gave me that perspective shift when I really, really emotionally needed it. Um, and, and I couldn't quite express my, my feelings out loud. God still knew what they were and he still knew what answer I needed. Well, first off, I'm glad that his scan came back normal. <laughs> Thank you. Sure, that was a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that's so powerful, Kelly, that because you have, you've paid the price, you've been in your scriptures. I think you said ever since you were 14, yeah. You haven't missed a day that God could bring those words to your memory. And I, I believe that that is what our Heavenly Father wants to do. He wants to bring words of comfort. He wants He wants us to feel his love. But going back to that whole idea of you know, the word of God leads to the love of God. If we're not in his words, I think it's he, he doesn't have a canvas to work with. Um, right. Because it's just... It, it's just not there. I mean, he can bring bring to our mind thoughts that obviously aren't in scripture, but I think it 
the, the conduit is clearer, more open when we are in his words frequently. What a tender experience. Thank you for sharing that with us. So you mention on your blog that you've always loved reading the scriptures and and lately become interested in making sure that reading the scriptures really changes you. Um, not just letting the, the scripture study be passive, but taking charge of your study. And I love that you love the scriptures. But <laughs> <laughs> for someone who doesn't or who struggles with scripture reading, maybe they don't feel like they get much out of it or they find it too difficult to understand, or as Nephi said, they just have a hard time likening it to themselves. Hmm. What ideas and tools might you suggest to help them overcome some of those obstacles? Oh, I have so many, I have so many great ideas. Um, My passion is to help everyone see that you really can get a relationship with the scriptures. You do not have to be some scriptorian. You don't even have to be a return missionary. I never served a mission and that was something I had a desire to do, but it didn't work out. Um, But I always thought that after I served a mission, then I would like have this great relationship with my scriptures. And when I realized that wasn't going to happen, I was like, wait, I have to take charge of this and I can do it. I, like I said, I'm a young mom. So sometimes my scripture study is eight minutes long at the table while my daughter's eating breakfast and my son is taking a nap. And that's my scripture study for the day. But because I am taking them and I'm applying them to my life, like I am packing so much into that eight minutes to be able to sustain me through the rest of the day. So my favorite suggestions, if you're not feeling like you're connecting with the scriptures right now, my first suggestion seems silly, but I promise it's magical. Pretend that you have to teach a lesson on it. When we pretend like we have to teach a lesson on something, then our brain starts to look for whatever we're looking for. So when I am reading a chapter, sometimes I'll think, okay, I'm going to pretend like I'm teaching. My calling right now is to teach uh, the 13 year old Sunday school when, whenever we go back to church. Um, And so I think, okay, if I was talking to 13 year olds, what could they learn from this chapter? And all of a sudden these lessons popping out as I'm reading this, or you could think, oh, I want to teach my kids from this chapter. What could I teach them? Or I even just want to have a nice discussion with my spouse. What lessons can I pull out? So if you give yourself a purpose, even if it's a fake purpose, silly as that might sound, um, it's a little bit easier to, to pull those lessons out when you're thinking about teaching it to someone else. Um, instead of maybe taking the pressure on of like, oh, what lesson can I learn? But then my next suggestion is one of my favorites, and it's to stop and ask, Lord, is it I? And I mean that like for good and bad things. So when I'm reading, for example, I I thought of a time I was reading Jacob chapter one. It's a pretty average chapter in the scriptures where Nephi passes the scriptures on to his brother Jacob and Jacob kind of continues on with leading the Nephites. Not really that much exciting is happening. So I was reading the first few verses and my brain was just kind of going into, you know, reading mode where you're just kind of scanning through the scriptures. And all of a sudden I, I stopped and I thought, okay, I'm not really getting anything out of this. I need to stop and pause and think, Lord, is it I, or in other words, where, where am I in these scriptures? 
what do I see? And all of a sudden I realized I had stopped at Jacob 1.8 that says, Wherefore I, Jacob, take it upon me to fulfill the commandment of my brother Nephi. Really an average scripture. But all of a sudden I thought, man, Jacob's fulfilling his calling. He's taking upon himself to fulfill his calling. He's being proactive. He's taking initiative and he got some instruction from his brother and now he's just doing what he's supposed to do. And all of a sudden I'm teaching a little lesson to myself in my head about I should probably be better at taking initiatives in my calling instead of just waiting for someone to tell me what to do. I can just go out and do it. And then as I get to the end of Jacob chapter one, he talks about we did magnify our office unto the Lord, taking upon us the responsibility And I'm like, oh my goodness, this chapter is filled with lessons about fulfill your calling and how to be responsible and take charge and take initiative. And I wouldn't have caught that lesson if I just bulldozed through it. But it's because I forced myself to just stop. Where do I see myself a little bit in these scriptures? And then the pattern started popping out. So it sounds weird, but stopping while you read the scriptures is another thing as as silly as that might sound and then I my last tip is just kind of cliche but you got to keep practicing at it it's one of those things that you know when we when we keep trying we're going to get better at it and start with really short periods of time like if you're not feeling it with the scriptures try and read through any scriptures that you want and think where can I see myself in these where do I see little lessons where do I see habits that I have where do I see improvements I can make and do it for five minutes and see what happens and keep doing it just for five minutes. Don't feel like your scripture study has to be 30 minutes in order for it to be effective. Cause that's certainly not what I've learned. God will work with whatever you can give him. And if that's five minutes of your undivided attention, he'll, he'll make miracles happen during that. Love it. So I, I wrote all those down Kelly so that I could <laughs> have our listeners just point by point write these down so the first one and I don't think any of these are stupid I think these are brilliant (laughs) give give yourself a purpose and I think you're absolutely right if we're preparing a talk or lesson we totally read differently exactly so give yourself a purpose imagine you're teaching number two stop ask lord is it I where do you see a connection in your own life three Keep practicing. (laughs) As simplistic as that might sound, boy, you you can tell people who are very familiar with the scriptures, they when they read them out loud in class or when they comment on them, you can tell those who are in their scriptures versus not. And it's just a matter of how much time you spend in them. So you just keep working at it and not to be overwhelmed by the time, just as you said, maybe give yourself five minutes to do it. The Lord will, will... take what he gets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so those are all great points and I think are very um, easy to apply and reasonable. So that's great. Now, we've been counseled year after year, time and time again by our leaders to set aside time to study the scriptures. And there have been numerous blessings promised to us if we will heed that counsel as individuals and families. From your experience, what are the most evident blessings that have come as a result of your obedience to that counsel? There are so many blessings that come from scripture study. My, my first thought is thinking back to the tree of life analogy that I talked about earlier is I feel the love of God in my life. And that's 
really the biggest blessing that I could possibly ask for is that I, I'm making time every day to connect with God. That keeps my lows from not feeling quite as low. It keeps my normal everyday stuff seem a little more purposeful and meaningful. It makes my exciting time seem super exciting. Like having that connection with God just gives me that perspective and, and peace throughout everything that I'm going through. So hands down, that's, that's, the biggest blessing that comes from consistent scripture study. Um, and then the other one, just on a, a more of a knowledge-based level, but as I mentioned before, I, I have not served a mission, and I always looked up to people who had served missions because it seemed like that was like a baptism by fire time when you're able to learn the scriptures. And when I realized that wasn't going to happen for me, and I and I had to learn these scriptures on my own, Looking back, not that I'm near knowing everything in the scriptures, but I I know so much now. I have learned so much when I look back just through little daily scripture study. And, And eventually those connections start to be made and I understand who these people are and I understand, you know, the geography and all those things that I had no clue about before. Um, I'm making those connections and like I said, that doesn't mean that I've, you know, arrived at perfect scripture study. I have miles to go of where I still would love to be. But um, that's another big blessing to me is the fact that uh, I feel like my memory has improved when it comes to the scriptures, that I'm able to remember these stories and, and you know, pull them out of the air and talk about a scripture character. And I feel like that's kind of a, a different but still very real blessing in my life. Um, I value knowledge so much that uh, I think my abilities have been improved because of the work that I put in and I'm excited to kind of, you know, continue with that. Cool. I have to say one scripture that came to mind, and I believe this is in Alma, where he talks about trying the virtue of the word of God, that the word of God is more powerful than the sword. I mean, we hear all the time in Sunday school, you know, what what should we do about X, Y, Z? Well, read your scriptures, pray, you know. <laughs> yep. But as we talk about the tree of life and the word of God connecting to the love of God and the, the scripture about that we would never perish if we would really hold on to the word of God. Um, and again, the word of God is more powerful than the sword that I hope that these things as members of the church, that they'll they'll start to absorb. And we, even though they are the Sunday school answers, that we will recognize that there is real power in in scripture study and making it something that we, we do every day, a, a healthy, holy habit. <laughs> Our state president <laughs> talked about holy habits. And I love that because if, if we have good, holy habits, like being in the scriptures, our faith will be anchored to Christ and to his church, and we won't be led astray. You have taught me so much, Callie. I've loved our conversation. So I just have our last question, though, which is, why are you still rowing and choosing faith in the restored church of Jesus Christ? Because that same warm, comforting feeling that I got when I was 14 is the one that I still get when I read my scriptures, when I'm at church and there's a great lesson when I'm listening to general conference talks, when I'm saying my prayers, like anything that this church has 
recommended that I do has brought me that same love of God and I can't deny that connection. And so I, uh, I'm going to keep rowing forward because it's led to nothing but good in my life and nothing but connection and love from God. And it's made me more loving to others. And so the fruits are are pretty darn good. So I'm going (laughs) to trust that the seed is good too. Amen. Thank you so much, Callie. You're Thank awesome. you. Appreciate your testimony, your time tonight. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Still Rowing Podcast. If you'd like a little daily motivation to keep rowing, you can follow me on Facebook at Still Rowing and on Instagram at Still underscore rowing underscore podcast. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you would go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, that would help us spread these stories of faith. Thanks again for listening.